Welcome back to the Right On Sports Podcast. I'm Gabe Myers. With me here is Jason Casera. Jason, there's been some positive tests in the NBA bubble. Shock, surprise. What's your response? Knew it. Baseball, I don't know if baseball is coming back. I'm starting to share your view on this. You, maybe you told me so, Jason. It's still disappointing. All right, Jason, I love the UFC. You don't. You have to share my love of the UFC. The Fight Island card this weekend was one of the best cards in UFC history. Absolutely loved it. This is my new passion. Why? Why? <laughs> we'll get into that on a show. Right. And then finally, the last thing we'll talk about today, our sports bucket list, our top five things we want to do. I guess it's before we die. That's what a bucket list is. Yep. So our sports bucket list will be the last thing we talk about today right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. Thanks for joining. This is the Right On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. Russell, what is up with that shirt? That that shirt horribly offends me. You're trying to get fired. <laughs> I know I am trying to get fired here. Welcome into the show. So the, for the last show, I wore a very tasteful North Carolina Hawaiian shirt that everyone loved. Um, and now today we come in here and Russell is wearing some atrocious Duke basketball shirt. I, I can't get my arms around this one, Jason. Russell loved it so much last time he got up and left. <laughs> he got up and <laughs> left. That is, that is actually true. And then we said we should fire Russell. I didn't think he would listen to the show, but then he did. Shocking. <laughs> like he listens. I think I actually said that on the show. I and was critiques. like, I was like, we can, we can leave that in there. Russell's not going to listen to it. And then we get we get the we get the text from Russell. F you. Fire, what are you talking about? Fire Russell. Yeah, um, but here he is. Now he's cramming down your throat. I know. So um, I know here he is, and this will probably probably speaking, be my last show. <laughs> well, then then speaking of uh, cramming things down people's throats, so I didn't know. And you told me before we started recording about the player at the NBA bubble who did the Uber Eats thing. And uh, yeah. I guess he was kind of gilded into it a little bit. So, so yeah. So this, so what happened is a story in tweets. Um, so uh, NBA player Kelly Oubre, I'm not, I, I think he plays for the Wizards. Uh, I don't know who he plays for. Sure. But I know he plays in the NBA and he's in the bubble. Uh, and he tweeted out, hey, you can get food delivered to you by other <laughs> restaurants. They can't bring it into the bubble, but if you leave the bubble – they will bring it to you, and then you can come back inside. So one player, Rashawn Holmes, took Kelly Oubre's advice, and it was Uber Eats, or it was maybe it was another like one of those food delivery, <laughs> but it was one of those food delivery services. Um, and they did it, and the NBA people saw Rashawn Holmes leave the bubble, so now he has to quarantine. I think it's for ten days. Have you seen any images of of how that's no looking I, right now? They don't, so they don't have like a fence line up or anything. Cause that's what I'm curious about. Did he walk out like the front of the hotel? There was an actual like bubble. Well, yeah, that's what I've envisioned. <laughs> well, like huge military like training tents or something, or you know. But now I'm just thinking they're just in a resort hotel. Yeah, like we talked about last time. And then what? He just walked so out think, maybe the front or in the lobby. So my guess would be. So don't quote me on this. I my, won't. My you. <laughs> my guess is that is there's like some property line. Yeah. So if like you can't cross like the property line. Basically, what that he did was guess. he didn't. He didn't eat what they had lined up for yeah. him because they have like three meals and a cot. Right. And this is your, and he probably has the option three to Three meals to and some, a cot. They got like personal chefs and Morton's. Del- you can get Morton's yeah. delivered to you. I mean, they're probably good, they're, but then. 
And then it's a luxurious hotel. They don't want you tapping outside of the the realm. Yeah. And and, and then only that too. He doesn't know uh, if the driver has the covids. You There's know? no way of knowing. So yeah, he so that's why it, you got to stay. Whole that's team. why you got to stay in the bubble. What a clown! So you so you want to know my He's bubble conspiracy the theory? Of course. My bubble conspiracy. So this is Rajon Rondo. Um, <laughs> So Rondo, yeah. he broke his hand or something with his hand. He's out for six to eight weeks. So Rondo, the first day, tweeted or he had an Instagram picture of his hotel room with the caption Motel Six. <laughs> I think Rondo broke his hand so he could leave the bubble and until like the actual playoff, like because it's like a couple weeks of regular season, and then you yeah. have the first round of the playoffs. And but the Lakers are gonna be number one seed more than likely, so they're gonna play the eight seed, and you know. LeBron and Anthony Davis to go two on five against whoever the eight seed is and probably <laughs> win in five games. Um, right. So they don't need Rondo for the first round of the yeah. playoffs. So Rondo's just going to come back for the second round when they actually start to need him. I want to see this picture because uh, I also I read or either I heard I was listening to sports radio or something, but they talked about Frank Vogel, the coach, said that Rondo flew with the team uh-huh. to Orlando, but this picture was sent out the day before they flew to Orlando. So. Maybe it was Frank maybe Vogel he, a liar. Well, maybe they sent Rondo like the hotel sent Rondo a picture of what his room would be. Maybe that is possible. That That's is possible. a possibility. He said, "What's it like there?" And they said this. And well, he said, like you know, nah. so, so, like well, you stayed in a hotel before, like where they send you like an email, like a confirmation email or something sure. like that. And so sometimes they'll send you a picture of the room as well. So right now we're given the benefit of the doubt, to Frank Vogel. Yes, yeah, that, that Rondo did fly with the team to Orlando, but then he left yes. again. Or is he still there? Uh, I don't know if he's hand. there or not. Well, because he, he probably has to get surgery and do some kind of rehab on it. So you so, can't. Oh, so it was that bad. How did he break his hand? I don't know. Punch a, punch a wall? Maybe he punched the wall to break <laughs> like, so here, So here, this is okay. horrible for the audience. Yeah, but th- that's, that's okay. Picture. Well, you guys can look it up, too. Yeah. Hotel 6. It's not bad. That, that is not a Motel 6 yeah, hotel. That's not bad. But see, but this is this goes back <laughs> to the argument of these are really well-paid paid guys who are used to staying in the five stars and their homes are 10 times nicer and now you're asking them to lock down in you know a single hotel room he's probably expecting a suite and i wouldn't blame him honestly for a separate he's probably a only suite. stayed in suites yeah for like but there's a only decade. so many right and right then, but when they go on the road or all the all the players can't be in a suite because no they're, the, there's only but, so you're, many. but you're also only in there for like a night yeah. or two nights versus you know forever and, and you're allowed oh, to my go mom's trying to facetime me <laughs> weird timing uh, but also, you're allowed to go. Like, let's say you're staying in a normal hotel room, but you're in Miami. You're allowed to go experience Miami nightlife. Right. Like you're around. All you do is sleep in the hotel, really, or maybe if yeah. you like you know, you, you're in so the hotel well, room if you want to stay in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not forced to. I think that's the problem here. Is okay. Yeah, the rooms are not like luxurious suites all the time, but you can go out and do other stuff and just crash it at the hotel. So I think that's the problem. Like. That that's the problem with this is that you're telling players they can only stay in this and room. not happy with the food. I don't no, know how they could. I mean, come on, man. So it's so I've seen different things. So I don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast or not, but there's only like five restaurants that they can order delivery from. Um, but that, like, it's like that pre-approved. Allow, yeah, so it's like pre-approved. You know who all five restaurants are owned by? Tillman Fertitta. Tillman Fertitta. <laughs> well, he owns he owns so many, but yeah. everything that falls under uh, what's his umbrella? Is it now? It's it's, it's Landry's. Landry's. He owns Landry's. I think Morton's. Yeah, he owns. Um, so Morton's is one of the restaurants. You know what? El- you know what is one of the restaurants that surprised me? Joe's Crab Shack. 
He does own Joe's Crab Shack. So yeah, and that's uh, one of the approved restaurants. Like you can order food now. I don't know what NBA player wants to order food so, from Joe's Crab yeah, Shack. Yeah, I would say like, is this a time where we shouldn't put down anything, or because I mean, if Joe sponsored us, I'd accept it. You know, right? No, but I, no, no, but, no. I like Joe's Crab Shack. Oh, I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm not back. <laughs> I'm not backing on him. I don't. <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is uh. What I'm saying is, like, if you're an NBA player, you're not ordering from Joe's. Like, you're not eating at Joe's Crab Shack. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, 100%. So th- that is that is what I'm getting at. But, yeah, they're not happy with the food. Um, they, they People have sent pictures. It's very – it's just weird. Like, the – it's just, it's just like, prepackaged. Like, it's not horrible, but it would be, like, the NBA equivalent of, like, school lunch. It's, like, what they're being served. But, like, NBA style. So very upscale – like, very much upscale. But it's, like – Cap, the their version of cafeteria food yeah and 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 the complaints are going to come and that's just natural but um i don't know i'm starting to lean more towards that the nba is gonna be okay versus mlb i'm a little more worried about mlb because there's more players involved and Man, so you still have guys that haven't even shown up and you have guys who i think we were talking about with the astros they shut down some practices so right? yeah here we'll transition into that right now then where yeah, so the Astros, for example, they have three guys who haven't shown up to camp yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Alvarez, last year's Rookie of the Year, being one of them. My, th- I have another theory. Ooh, I, I didn't know about Jordan. I think, yeah, he hasn't shown up to camp. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. Um, he, uh, I think Jordan's out of the country. Yeah, and well, that and is there my are theory. a couple. And so is Arkady, and I think there's been worries about visas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so not uh, COVIDs. Yeah, so I think it, I don't think it's a visa because like they're working, you know, in America. Um, they're playing baseball for the Astros. Yeah, um, but I think it's more like okay, you're in, and I don't know what country they're in. Uh, I think Jordan's from or Jordan's from Cuba, so I don't think he's back in Cuba. Um, but he's probably somewhere else in the world, and yeah. it's like you know, no, no international travel. So I'm a, I am a little worried. So Jordan being out of the country and that's my theory. So I, that, that hasn't been confirmed, yeah. but it's um, but he, him not being in camp. That's what makes me think. That's what makes me think that. Do you worry about the coronas with him? Maybe some well, guys with, like that? with everybody who's not in camp. Yeah. I, it's it's because the season's supposed to start in like ten days. Yeah. Well, I was just <laughs> looking at the schedule too. They're actually supposed to have exhi- exhibition games today, but they say TBD. Like there's nothing else there. So here, for so for the NBA, they did this whole. So I think the reason why. So okay, so why are you worried? I'll ask you instead of trying to think, try to think what you're thinking. <laughs> so why are you like more confident in the NBA but less confident in baseball? I think the bubble with the NBA is actually looking stronger than what MLB's plan was or is to travel around to the other cities. For example, uh, and I'm just opening the schedule now, but I already knew. The Astros have to go to Seattle and then go to L.A. back to back like that. Um, they're going to travel there on a plane, which, granted, they charter. That's safe. But they're going to go into, like, different environments. Like, mm-hmm. you're just your environment that's around you, just generally speaking. But then Seattle and then to L.A., which in California, they're having, like, a lot of hot spots right now. So they're going to be dealing with different hotel employees, uh, just different hotel rooms, people grabbing their bags, et cetera, all these things. Are they really going to be able to protect themselves that well you know from the coronas and then versus with the nba bubble locking everybody down and really a guy who goes out just to pick up some food gets thrown into quarantine that's that's pretty heavy-handed but if that's how they're going to handle it i feel like that's kind of a sign as they might actually be handling things better than mlb 
I don't know if better's the word, but definitely <laughs> str- like they're stronger. It's stronger. Yeah. Um so here is so here's my biggest concern with baseball. So for a positive test, multiple teams have shut down their practices for like mm. someone in their on their team, whether it be a player or a member of the coaching staff, like someone tests positive, they shut down practice for a couple of days. What are you going to do if – I'll use the Astros here as an example. So you said they go to Seattle and then to L.A. back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So let's say game one in Seattle, Justin Verlander pitches, and then that would mean he pitches like one of the games in L.A. as well. Second game. Yeah. So, so it's every five days. So what if at the end of that road trip, Verlander tests positive for corona? Now here's the thing if it's a pitcher, because a pitcher touches the ball – Constantly on every mm-hmm. before every pitch, catcher and pitcher. Yeah, you know? catch, pitch, catcher and pitcher. They touch the ball every pitch. So where, what are you gonna have to do? Everybody who touched the ball, which is everybody who is on the field, ball boy, and the umpire. Like, so are you gonna shut down organizations? And not only that, yeah. So those guys plus who they've been in contact with, yeah. And it just expands out. It's it's not to throw us in a, a right hook, but it's almost the same argument about going back to school. You know, it's like one person gets it. You're shutting down so much because of that. And I think that's, that's MLB's, yeah, that's so, their so, biggest hurdle. So my thing is, like, if your response to one player or one member of the coaching staff getting corona is shut down the entire team, well, if they're playing somebody else, they have to shut down both teams. And maybe if they played multiple teams in a week, they have to shut down all three of those teams or four teams, if, you know, whoever the Dodgers played before. Yeah. So it's, it's just a huge domino effect. And I just don't. I am concerned. Like, if your response is shut down the entire team, how are you going to play an MLB season? Because players are going to get it. Yeah. Like, you just have to kind of accept that. Like, you players are going to have the coronavirus, and I don't think if you freak out every time someone gets it, you're just not going to get through a season. I feel like in episode one and two, you're really optimistic, and now my pessimism has, has rubbed off on you a little so bit. It, and now we're switching seats a little bit, though. So it's a little bit you. <laughs> so, it's, so it's a little bit you. And also well, I'm you're taking blame. your cues from your the, the wise old men around you. Yeah, I'm blaming my friend Tyler about this as well because he kind of shared pretty much your yeah. opinion. And and it, and Tyler is someone I've known for a long time, and he's as knowledgeable about baseball as anybody I know. Um, and he's you know wants to be optimistic, but he's telling me all it's kind of the same stuff that you're telling me. And I just like then the realistic like the the logical part of my brain just kind of kicked on because I wasn't using the logical part of my brain for sports. I just wanted it back so badly. So I was just like, man, whatever it sure. takes. Sure. And now well, and then the logical part kicks on. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough. I I, I love 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 baseball. Like I can watch it yeah. start to finish, pregame, whatever. Like going to games, but I can watch it on TV, all this stuff. But I think part of the problem is right now with the players and how things were negotiated. And I just feel like the players are a little bit more entitled than in the other leagues. For example, one of the earlier proposals were that they were going to put teams like in two states, basically like spring Arizona training. and Florida. Well, and they talked about Texas too, yeah. like playing in Houston and, and, and Arlington. Well, you have plenty, you know? of, plenty of ballparks. And then parks, minor yeah. league ballparks. So they were talking about that. And then so they would kind of bubbleized, quote unquote, MLB. And that was immediately rejected. It was scoffed. They laughed. They kicked it out of the out of the front door. Well, I will say, for, don't come back with your bad ideas. Well, for baseball, it is so tough, and that is hard. But yeah. but why though? Well, okay, because in basketball, you can kind of just roll out the balls and play. Like it doesn't take 
too much practice compared to football and baseball. Yeah. Like in baseball, like practice isn't really hard, but like for a pitcher, like you're working on pitching mechanics and different things. Stretching like every out, day. All yeah, that it's, stuff. Yeah. It, like baseball is just a high. Ma- if you play baseball, high maintenance. Yeah. It's you're just a, it's just a very high maintenance sport. Sure. And I mean football, there's so many people, and it's also it's very like it's so. You have to have so much. There's so much choreography in football. It'd be hard to bubbleize it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many people. It makes it also hard to bubbleize. So NBA is the smallest roster, and it's you know it's the most player driven sport. Like in a, like it doesn't. You don't really need to practice too much. You can kind of just. If you have the best players, you're probably gonna win. <laughs> um, so I think like in the NBA, you can kind of just roll the balls out and play. Yeah. So I think that's why I think a bubble. I don't know how well it's gonna quote unquote work for the NBA, but it's, it's gonna work more there than it would in any other sport. No, I, and I and I do really agree, and I think baseball is in trouble, and in it, hopefully, it doesn't translate into 2021 when it comes to other things too. Right, and that's just the fear, because because uh, if they do decide to shut down, the players are gonna be really pissed. Yeah, because they're not gonna get paid. Uh, yep. they'll, 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 I'm sure the owners will ha- do well, something. Well, then they have to renegotiate the collective bargaining. Yeah, agreement. and that's what's on the and table. That's, and oh, man. It's going to be a nightmare. So um, which game are we going to buy then? Is it going to be Madden or is it going to be MLB? Because we're going to have to replicate one of these seasons. One of these seasons isn't happening. And I know we don't have NFL on the table right now for discussion, but I'm pretty worried about I have football led too. the Astros to three consecutive World Series and MLB <laughs> the show. I've already replicated. He's in Jordan Alvarez through in the last three years has hit uh, 140 home runs. Oh, he's on he's on track for Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's on first ballot. Yeah, All right. he's, he's basically Barry Bonds. That's outstanding. <laughs> he's basically Barry Bonds. Right, it's now. outstanding. I'm great. And uh, did, did he transition to first base? Okay, or is he a left fielder? Uh, so I actually I traded for Josh Bell. So we've kept Jordan at DH. Okay, and I also traded for Austin Meadows. Uh, to replace Michael Brantley. One of my favorite fantasy baseball and, players. And uh, George streaky. Springer agreed to a $15 million a year contract. <laughs> oh, good. He went really so, under the table yeah, there. He so was I like, don't, uh, I like Houston so much. I'm, I'm gonna starting f- to think that this isn't <laughs> representative of real life. Well, no, man, put that on your resume when you send <laughs> it into uh, Jim Crane hey, and James J- Click. J- you can be hey, assistant GM. Hey, Jim Crane, I got Forrest <laughs> Whitley to pitch like a superstar. Like, you have no idea, I was, Jim. I, I was able to trade for Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> you trusted Jeff Lunell. Trust me. Oh gosh! He's like, sure, I'll give you. I'll just give you the keys. Don't give worry give about me it. the keys. Oh, I've my. done worst. <laughs> think, oh yeah. my gosh! Oh, the Astros have another period of tanking, but it wouldn't be intentional. It'd be <laughs> me trying to win. <laughs> oh man, I think we're. I think now's time for our break. What did you say, so Yeah, I think. I think now it's time I for our so. break. We'll be back after this short message from Right On. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. Right on Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at rightoncorpus.com. And we're back here with the Right on Sports podcast. Jason, you had a very hot take here during the break. You said you don't like rec league softball. <laughs> um, you said you got thrown out of games. My experience as a youth in a church league was uh, it was it was a little feisty. Maybe I was feisty, but yeah, I got I got thrown out of a couple of games. I, I even I remember I threw a bat once. <laughs> what? 
You know, it's just there was guys there. There's why cheating. Why would you throw a bat? They're cheating, and then you call How do you them out cheat for it. In and and, and well, it's like uh, somebody I, like if you're playing catcher and they bull you over, which is not allowed. You know, and what? then and then to retaliate with like an elbow in their neck or something like that for like bullying you over as catcher, you get thrown out for that. That's BS. You're not allowed to do that in softball. You're supposed to just slide in or whatever, you know. When I've when I've played when, man. I've, when I've played rec league softball, you're not even allowed to slide. Somebody. Yeah. You're not even allowed to slide. So So I, so bullying me over is okay, but then me putting an elbow in someone's <laughs> neck for it is not. I mean, um, it doesn't feel good being in a vulnerable position and then a guy just bells into you, you know? And then he uh, tries to celebrate and you're like, You're not celebrating on me, buddy. <laughs> oh man, no! I was pretty fiery. The last time I really sprained my ankle was playing softball. I haven't played in a long time. Oh um, man, mostly because I'm super out of shape. Yeah, so aren't we all. So now, our next topic was how you were gonna make me fall in love with the UFC. Jason, you need to fall in love with the UFC. But why? Be, okay, so here, so here's why I think I'm starting to fall in love with the UFC. So you know how in every. Like in every sport, so for quarterback, for example, and this is starting to end a little bit now, but there's always been like that prototype, that six four, six five, big arm, you know, pocket passer. For for sure. a long time, that was the thing, that was like the thing. But even like for running backs, you're looking for a guy usually about five foot ten, five eleven, two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pounds, who's mm. good vision can cut. Like Barry Julio Sanders. Jones would be the proto, yeah, Barry Sanders at running back. Uh, Julio Jones would be the prototype at wide receiver, 6'3", 6'4", can go up and win the jump balls, you know, obviously very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Like, even in baseball, you have, like, stereotypes, like, or not stereotypes, but prototypes. Uh, you know, first baseman, you want big power hitters, probably don't field very well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, you know, on corner outfielders, powerful guys with big arms, but maybe not all that fast or, like, good with the glove. Center field, a faster guy, you know, just there's prototypes for everything. Mm-hmm. In the UFC – Every style is susceptible to every other style. Sure, it's uh, there is no prototype. There's and every there's all in every division. There's been all different types of champions, and there's going to continue to be all different types of champions. Like there's John Jones, who's big and tall and long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that that's one. But the champion before him was Daniel Cormier, who was a shorter, stockier wrestler. Um, and Jones is a wrestler too, but he's known more for striking. But jo- mm-hmm. uh, Cormier was an Olympic wrestler who's only five foot ten, and so he was going really to do more grappling and yeah. Uh, but so, but it's different styles, and it's yeah. John like John Jones. He has, like he has their weaknesses in his game. Not many, but there are. Uh, Cormier has you know he's shorter, so he doesn't have the reach of a taller guy like John Jones. Or he's about to fight Steve Miocic for the heavyweight title here in a month. Um, so I like that in the UFC, there's all these different ways to win. There's not mm-hmm. one way to do things. And I think in sports, you're seeing that there's really one way to win in a lot of these sports. In the UFC, you can win so many different ways. And I just love the stylistic matchup of this. And the Fight Island card this weekend was awesome. Yeah, I was supposed to watch that at a buddy's house, and I, I stood him up, basically. But so how, how was Fight Island? So, okay, so it was a little misleading. Um, was it on an island? So it was on an island. Okay. But it was like, if you're watching it on TV... It just looked like another one of these like quarantine UFC events because there wasn't a crowd or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, it was wasn't it indoors a, or outdoors. So it was indoors. I thought. Okay. So I thought like they just showed like this octagon at the beach. Yeah. I thought the fights were gonna be like out there. That would have made too much and sense. I, and I was like, man, but I think there's probably like, what if it starts raining? You know. What if it was really in Vegas? No. How do you know is that f- an island? 
Well, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. The sun was rising. Like, uh-huh. Maybe they just had cameras there. Who knows? It was pre-recorded. Um, maybe. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering, like, why, why wouldn't they take advantage of, like, putting it outside well, on think, an island? I think if you do it, there's, like, too I many mean, things that can, like, go wrong outside. Because what if it starts raining? Then you fight on. It's UFC. It's toughest it's man, It's Mortal right? Kombat. Yeah. But see, okay, so I do like UFC, but I don't love it. I watched UFC in its heyday when it was uh, this just is MMA. Its heyday. No, this so the M- MMA like, is like a sport. Fight one, you know, like like but when those the Gracies and guys were bleeding all over the place, you know, hey, like they, Jose Aldo was bleeding all done. over the place on uh, on um, his forehead pop. On, so yeah, so what had happened? So this is the one bad thing I thought about it um, was so it was a really it was Jose Aldo versus Peter Yan for the uh, bantamweight title, mm-hmm. and so it's one hundred and thirty five pounds. And so after Gosh. after four rounds, it, both these guys, both those That's guys. How much I weighed when I graduated high school, man? Wow, I would have guessed more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you would. I know. Uh, but anyway, so um, pounds later. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's it was a very close fight through four rounds. Very good fight. So they get to the fifth round, the final round, and Aldo goes to the ground, and he's a better grappler. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets knocked down with the punch, and Yang gets on top of him. But you kind of let it go because. Aldo, very good jujitsu guy, could get him into like a triangle or armbar, really at any second. So you're kind of letting it go. But then at some point, Aldo just, Jan takes his back and is just beating down on him from over the top of him. And the ref should have just called it basically as soon as that happened. Like as soon as he landed, like the first couple of punches from that position, the ref should have called it because Aldo was done. Like you could see he just had blood just gushing from his nose. Like he was, he was done. And they let it go for a minute like that. Wow. And that's and you can hear the announcers. So like the announcers they'll be like a little like coy with it. They'll be like, Oh, Aldo down to his last couple of punches, you know, kinda <laughs> like anticipating <laughs> it's gonna be called. And yeah. it's like, Oh, it can be called at any second now. And then after a few Still waiting. And then after a bit they were like, Just call it, just call it, just call it. And that's how I felt watching it, because it was it was a great fight, but it was just clear at that point. Like I, I think I saw some social media hits on that where some people were saying like they were surprised it wasn't called earlier. Yeah, it, it should have been called a minute earlier. Yeah, this was my takeaway. And then there was that's the, interesting though that somebody like a, a, a ref in that situation they probably have refed many many matches yeah. would hesitate or wait that long. So I'm sure this ref has refed many matches in his career, but this was my first time ever seeing that ref. Maybe he was the only one that he could find that was totally so no. Free. So they they use different refs for each fight on a card. Yeah. So so it was uh, so for the next fight they had a different ref and the fight okay. after that they had a different. So I think they have like three or four on mm-hmm. hand for yeah. a uh, so for a pay per view they have five on a pay per view five fights, but mm-hmm. then they have like six or seven prelim fights as well. So I think they have like three or four refs on hand for the total of like twelve thirteen fights they'll put on in an event. Yeah. So they have so that way it's just not one ref going out there over and over and over again because I. Th- Man, imagine you're out there for 25 minutes, you know, kind of refereeing that. You probably you need a bit of a break. Yeah, sure. You, you need to sit down for a bit, recollect yourself, gather for the next, you know, the next yeah. fight coming up. Well, and there can be some things that probably have your system in a little bit of a shock too. I mean, oh, honestly. yeah. Well, just, I mean, just honestly, watching some brutalization. After other, watching like, that Aldo Peter Yan fight, so Peter Yan won the title. Mm-hmm. Um, He's now the bantamweight champion of the world. All right. Um, but he, uh, <laughs> after watching that, like, I needed a few minutes to kind of, like, reset before, because there were three title fights. So I needed a few minutes to, like, reset. Like, okay. That's why fights break out in bars watching UFC, because there's no, there's they need some time to, like, recoup, but everyone's amped up. Like, you're amped up, right? You want to go over to your sister and, bah, pop it right in the face. Why are no. you looking at me? 
I don't, you, I don't, you, I don't, UFC pumped up I like don't that. want to do that. I hope somebody, you, you want to, something <laughs> is wrong with you. Do you want to do that? Russell probably feels the same way. It's because we got brainwashed. Yeah, but in the military, violent brainwashed and <laughs> something like that. Oh my god! But you feel, but it's because you get that adrenaline rush. You know, it's probably the same thing with boxing after a boxing so, okay. match. You're like, yeah, man. So and you I did punch a, things. um, so I did an amateur boxing fight in November of 2018. I did an amateur. You participated. I participated. So you're boxing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm one and zero with one TKO. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, undefeated amateur boxer over here. Dude, that's a legacy. Yeah, I, I'm a legend. Uh, Floyd Mayweather and I are the same. That's exactly. Um, just don't have to stack the cash. Yeah, but um, but no. So but so the fight literally lasted like 45 seconds. Like it was a very short, and they called it like early because it's amateur. They don't want anyone to get like hurt or anything. <laughs> um, but I, but like that night, I couldn't go to sleep, and so so the fight probably ended. I'm going to say 9 o'clock, or mm-hmm. in that range. I couldn't go to sleep until, like, 4.30. Like, I was so... Adrenaline my was adrenaline was so pumping. high. Yeah. And I put, like... It never got that high playing basketball or anything like that. When, Interesting. E- even when I played in college, it, it never had gotten that high. But, man, like, doing, like, boxing, I couldn't fall asleep till 4.30 that night. I think it's because you don't... you A, you don't want to lose, but B, you don't want to be punched. Like, there's, there's a... You know, you know it's gonna kind of hurt a little bit, but I think there's just something so part of your brain. I didn't get hit. You get hit once, but you so, didn't want to get hit but probably in, in either, tra- right? In, tra- in a training, I did get hit a lot, so I knew I didn't want to get hit. Right, and so, but so like you know, like you're gonna everything in your your brain, your body, it's like it's just it's fight or flight. Yeah, you know, and you're in fight mode, and it's just it's pushing, man. Your brain's pushing all that adrenaline, and I think it's very hard to come down off of that. I think it's why uh, guys uh, like them when they fight in Vegas. So, they go to the strip. Man. They go party it up, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe well, you have some, you can't, some gangbang shootings so or whatever. I, so I understand. Because I used rappers. to think – I didn't put too much thought into it. But I used to think, like, man, if I was, like, Conor Rigger after the second Diaz fight where he goes five rounds and it's a total war. Yeah. And you have an after party afterwards. I'd be like, man, I'd show <laughs> up bed. for, like – because you're promoting it, so you have to go. Yeah. I'd show up for about five minutes and go to sleep. Yeah. But now, like – and I literally thought it was an amateur – a super low-level amateur boxing match. And it lasted 45 seconds, and I couldn't fall asleep till like 4:30. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, like, man, if you're actually like an elite athlete, like these UFC fighters are, and you <laughs> going in there, like I knew I was like when I fought, I knew I was going to win. Uh, but if you're like Conor McGregor or Khabib, or well, who is the guy? Like not the name, but like what was the guy's physicality so, that you were fighting? Um, shorter and stockier. <laughs> so um, you had to reach. You had to reach on I had, him. I had the reach. You probably take a few if you needed to. Uh, got shorter and stuck here. So technically, you think he might be quicker? I, I was, I was a better athlete. Oh, yeah, well, that's good. Um, that was you just no. You're like, no, this guy had no place. I, w- I was, with me. I was very confident going into the fight. Um, but, but I'm trying to think if you're like, like if you're John Jones fighting Daniel Cormier or Dominic Reyes or one of these guys, like, mm-hmm. it's like you go like your adrenaline. I don't know what it must be like. And so back in December. A uh, guy named Colby Covington, he fought Kamaru Usman, who won this weekend at Fight Island. Uh, he defended his welterweight title. But Usman and Covington fought back in December. Colby Covington, at the end of the third round, bro- like Usman broke his jaw with a punch. And Covington went out and fought the fourth round, probably won the fourth round, and then lasted 
up until the last minute of the fifth round before he just took one too many punches. Mm. But, like, think about how high your adrenaline has to be oh, yeah. to go fight with a broken jaw. Yeah, because, I mean, you're probably feeling it, but not near as badly as if you don't have that rush. I mean, there's there's uh, there's people that do incred- incredible things incredible on things those adrenaline, adrenaline rushes. Yeah, uh, we, We've seen a vampire stop a moving car before. A You've vampire? Seen, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's if you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. We'll, we'll get on that another time. Then. We'll get on that, <laughs> that another time. That sounds like a tangent. Yeah. Um, but no, so I think, so I just, the adrenaline, <laughs> I can't, I really cannot imagine like what the adrenaline, like a, a pro boxer, a pro UFC fighter goes through like on the day of the fight. Well, and then people are surprised that they're violent outside of the ring too. You know, because that's just, it's it's a mentality and things. And oh, I, you I don't, have to be, you have to be crazy to get in Right. There. Like when Conor McGregor was breaking and throwing things at buses or whatnot. Why was anyone upset about that? Like you've developed this guy <laughs> no, to be that way. Hold on. Okay. So you want to know the, the he's best, kind of a brat. You want to know the best part about that story? That's funny. So so the reason yeah. why he did it was because Khabib like basically like kind of slapped around like Khabib had like a posse with him, and he kind of like slapped he like cornered one of his training partners, McGregor's training partners, and um, like kind of slapped him around a little bit, and you know like ba- like basically like kind of emasculated him, but it was like. Not Khabib and like nine of the dudes versus like Artem Lobov, just one of the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so McGregor was so McGregor was in Ireland, was so mad about this, got a crew together, flew to America on his private jet. So he had to fly from Ireland to America wow. on a private jet and to stay mad the entire time. <laughs> then, hours, then hours. Get, then get off the plane, go to the arena to go attack this bus. Yeah. Imagine that is, his a, that is a special kind of anger. Imagine being around that guy for more than thirty minutes, man. I would, oh, I would love to like hang out for a day with Conor McGregor. Just, I, I could do maybe a day, but beyond that, I think he'd just be really annoying. <laughs> like from sun up to sundown, so he's I, energy, so total energy. Last week, actually, so it was last Tuesday. Uh, I went on like a three-hour YouTube binge of Conor McGregor. Yeah, stuff. I like him. I really actually do like him. He, he's my favorite. There's nothing like a McGregor fight. Yeah, like the spectacle of it—it's so big. That's what the UFC needs. So that's that's the part of the UFC I do like. Yeah, because you need the names and then then his attitude, the like stars. his personality you need brings the into stars. And he probably wasn't always like that. He may be a little oh, cocky or whatever. Oh, it's definitely a character. Yeah. It's definitely a character that that because no, I like to think nobody is like that. Uh, he he's out there. He might be like that twenty four seven though. Wake up in the morning and just wants to <laughs> to kick shit around. You know. Oh gosh. He wants some cream in his coffee. You know, he doesn't get it. He's angry. And puts, he's, he's, put some proper 12 whiskey in his coffee. <laughs> yeah, he's got he um, Next time I watch day. UFC fight, I'm gonna buy one. I'm gonna buy one of those. All right. Last thing we're gonna t- discuss today. I like I like this one. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. I like it. Our sports bucket list. So our five our top five things sports related that we want to do before we die. Jason, I'm gonna let you go first. All right, that sounds good to me, Gabe. So Jason's top five. Uh, this is something I've wanted for a long time, and I've only seen a baseball game in three parks, I believe, in Camden Yards. Uh, okay, maybe before Astrodome and Minute Maid, and okay. then the old Ranger Stadium, um, whatever that was called. It changed the names 20 times, but I think that's the only places I've seen. So I want to see a game in all every MLB park. That's I, I, I'm with that. I just And I feel like right now, as if we had baseball, it would be a great time to do it. Yeah, That's the problem with this staycation. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck at home and nothing's open. So that's number one on my list. Uh, number two, something I've wanted for a long time as well, is see Michigan and Ohio State play at the Big House. Uh, when I was younger, I was a big Michigan fan, and I was around, you know, the 
Fab Five days, uh, Michigan oh, football, the, like all wait. that that era. Oh, so you were really like it. Michigan University? Oh yeah, like so, just all sports. So when I was a kid, I was like, I selected schools like for every sport. So like mm-hmm. for football, it was UT. For basketball, it was North Carolina. Yeah, that's really. I was gonna ask you guys, and what, not to throw it off, but we'll get to that sometime. But yeah. how you end up being a UNC and a Duke fan, and your Texans? Well, I think Russell I mean, went basically, there. I feel Russell like you're Briefly. Okay. Um, well, number three is, uh, and this one, I have two one, two of them that sound kind of odd, but I want to attend the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Mostly because I think going to uh, watching golf in person is really different than on TV. Mm-hmm. It's just a whole entire atmosphere. But doing it at Pebble Beach, there's very few places that, that are better. That course is yeah, awesome. it's yeah. beautiful where it's at. I mean, maybe, maybe a couple of places in Hawaii, um, in Florida, but otherwise there's not many. Um, number four on my list is attending Super Bowl. That's just something I want to do just for the spectacle of it. Yeah, uh, I don't care who's playing. And then number five, probably the weirdest one I have, is participating in a World Cup regatta. Okay, yeah, so I saw you put that down. What uh, What is this? I just want to go sailing, man. And the World Cup regatta is like it's a it's a huge race. Um, I think in 2020, if they so, have it, so it's, like a, it's, it's a sailing race. Yeah, it's a sailing okay. race. So uh, a couple of years ago when I worked at the naval base here in Corpus Christi, I got to participate in the regatta they do here uh-huh. and ride on a sailboat. And it was just – it was really cool just because there's so much that goes into it. These guys – you could sail by yourself, but you're never going to sit down because you got to raise mass, lower, move them, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know all the verbiage so um, before I even try to attempt it. But, like, <laughs> you're constantly working on keeping that boat uh, moving in the right direction. Wind shifts, you got to account for that. I mean, there's all kinds of things yeah. that go into it. So I just think it's really intricate and neat, and uh, that would be a very good life experience for me. And if I'm really old, I've told my kids this before, when I'm really old, if I'm, like, shitting myself – Put me on a sailboat and push me out because I'm not coming back. Like, <laughs> so, I just want to go away. So I've told uh, – so I'm a very stubborn person. I'm going to give one of my friends Max – I don't think he's listening to this. He's not a sports fan. <laughs> but um, I'm going to give one of my friends Max the power of attorney. And I'm just told him, like, if I'm 85 Smiley. and just not taking care of myself, just pull the plug. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get less stubborn with age. Like, 85 is a good life. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I used to want to be cremated and put into, like, a cannon and shot out over the ocean or something like that. Or turn in the fireworks. Yeah. How cool would that be? Oh, gosh. You know, but otherwise, like, I don't really want to be put in the ground. So, But I think to myself, I want to sail and then go down to the tip of South America, get lost, end up in the Antarctica. By then, you're probably dead, <laughs> you know. But that would be – I think that would be all right, man. Yeah, so I mean, you'd be dead. So I guess it would so, be all right. Well, number five on my list is probably going to have to happen when I'm dying. I'm going oh, to steal, <laughs> steal the regatta, steal the sailboat. Oh, I remember this guy. You <laughs> heard his podcast in 2020. Oh, 40 years man. later, he's 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 coming through. How many years later? It'd be 40. So I'll be uh, in my 80s. Okay. I'd be I, like thought I thought you said 20 years later. I was like, whoa. Sure. <laughs> Don't have uh, long expectations, do we? <laughs> Maybe. Wow. All right. So Gabe's top five. <laughs> I was gonna say like, wow, you're a uh, your gla- <laughs> glass half empty. <laughs> you are pessimistic. I'm usually an optimist, to be honest. This year's really screwing up my personality. Oh man. Okay, so my top five. So I would like, so like you, I would want to go see a game at every ballpark. Mm-hmm. But specifically, I want to go to Fenway. Yeah. So I've been to Wrigley, and Wrigley was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I want to compare Wrigley and Fenway. But I want to see a game at Fenway Park. Um, I actually was a. Uh, I loved the Red Sox growing up. And it was because yeah. I hated the Yankees. And I yeah. loved David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez. There's, and Johnny Damon had the hair and the beard. This was like 03, 04. Oh, yeah. So I really liked the Red Sox at that time. Um, yeah. 
My, but even outside of that, I, I would love to go to Fenway. Yeah. Uh, just see. It's you historic. Know, just, just to see it. Smells uh, like pissing beer and. The, you know. uh, have you, <laughs> hey, I, hey, I went to Wrigley and Wrigley was awesome. Yeah. Wrigley was. Did it smell old? No, it not at all. Fresh. And the it's area like around the park is like really cool. That's one of the R- cool Wrigleyville. things. When you go to Minute Maid, I know like there like a couple of things that popped up no, around Minute Maid, but nothing like nothing yeah. like Wrigleyville. And that's that's the, one of the things about the East Coast teams, and you know maybe even say in Pittsburgh or Philly. Um, and actually, I've been to Philly, but not to the ballpark. But uh-huh. They have a great atmosphere around the ballpark. Yeah, so I, I will say I went to uh, so oh the Rangers' new ballpark. The so it's in the same the place. Barbecue as the restaurant. The barbecue restaurant. <laughs> the barn. The barn. Um, <laughs> but like the area around the park, so it's like in the same area. Yeah. It's like AT, uh, as AT and T Cowboy Stadium and the old ballpark. Um, the area around the the stadiums is really really cool. They have a lot of bars and yeah, like it's just a that's a very like sporty. Stuff, right? Just yeah. a very like sporty place. Which is cool. I mean, but, yeah. you gotta give it to them. It's cool. Yeah. So I mean, so I, I've been to Wrigley, loved it. Want to go to Fenway. Uh, number two, a Penn State whiteout game. Mm-hmm. So every year, Penn State, um, they do a, they do a night game. It's usually about mid October. They usually do it against either Ohio State or Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the whole stadium just everybody wears white, and it's at night. And it just and it's a hundred you know hundred and five thousand people just yeah. and just white shirts and it look it just looks. On TV, it just looks really, really cool, and of course, the fans are going insane. Um, and it's always like a primetime night game. And Penn State, they've kind of regained like national relevance in the country. So it's usually like if you're playing Ohio State or Michigan, it's like a top 15 matchup. So it's just a really good game, mm-hmm. and this atmosphere just looks really cool. So I've seen it the last few years on TV, and I'm just like, man, I really want to go and see that. And I, I love college football, so I think that'd just be a lot of fun. And I've never been out like in the, on the east or in the northeast for it's like nice. football. I've been to so, so I mean I've been to the Northeast, like I've been to New York before, mm-hmm. um, but like for football, like I've never been out there. Yeah. So I want to see how different it is from like cause I've been to Kyle Field, how different it is from like Texas A and M. I have a weird Jason story connected to Penn State a little bit, but maybe we'll save it for some time. <laughs> if I if we'll put a checker, we'll put that up on that the board on the on the checkerboard. Um, all right, number three. El Clasico. El Clasico. Barcelona versus Real Madrid soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, big. That is the biggest rivalry. Football. Probably in, in football. Football. Uh, <laughs> probably the biggest rivalry in sports is Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Okay. Uh, it's the most watched soccer game, like league soccer game every year is these two teams. Um, and I'm somewhat of a Barcelona fan. They have one player I really, really like. Um, Who? Lionel Messi. Okay. Uh, he's my favorite player, so as long as he's there, I, I root for Barcelona. Um, but uh, so that's that's one of them. Go to Spain, <laughs> Barcelona versus Real Madrid, uh, the Blaugrana versus Los Blancos. Mm. Um, yeah, get my Spanish soccer knowledge <laughs> there you go. into the show. Football, football. Uh, number four, UNC versus Duke basketball game. Uh, whether it was Cameron Indoor or at uh, or at the Dean Dome, mm-hmm. uh, just love to go to one of those games. That's probably the most intense rival- rivalry in America. Is those two teams? It is. It is an awesome. It is awesome rivalry. I mean, even like in years where one team is way better than the other. So like this year, North Carolina was not very good, and Duke was probably a top ten team. Uh, the games were still pretty. Like especially the game at North Carolina went to I think double OT. Russell, fact check me real quick. Was it double OT or overtime? This past. Yeah, this year maybe you don't quite remember, but it was double. Like it went into overtime, and it was a really really good game. It ended on a buzzer beater. Duke won, so that was disappointing. But it was a. <laughs> Well, no, but, it, but but so did it go to OT or double OT? Uh, I guess it's not important. Double overtime. It went double OT, but it ended, and it ended on a buzzer beater. Because no, Trey Jones, yeah, Trey Trey Jones, Jones missed it and someone put it back. Um, 
So it was just super exciting game. This is a year where Carolina just was just not very good. And it's happened before. We're just one year a team. There was a year back there was a time back in the nineties where Carolina, I think this one they had like Vince Carter and Antoine Jameson. They were ranked like one or two in the country and Duke was just not very good and they trash. Hit, trash, as the kids would say. <laughs> um but uh but like Duke hit like a half court buzzer beater and it went like double or triple OT and it's like one of the best games in that rivalry so it's just regardless of how good the teams are that rivalry is always awesome so mm-hmm. i just love to go experience it and be a part of it yeah absolutely for and sure. number five so i just got done talking about how much i love the ufc but this is more of a like pageantry and like spectacle type of thing yeah a heavyweight title fight at the mgm grand now in can, vegas can it be in 1991 i would love if it was in 1991 <laughs> i'd love to go see tyson and holyfield battle you. it out but um, like even like Tyson Fury yeah. right now and like Deontay Wilder, those are like popular, likable boxers. That they're not the Mike Tyson level guys. But I mean, it like I would love just for the spectacle of it to go MGM, um, go to MGM where you've had so many great fights over the years and watch a heavyweight title fight. Oh, I agree. I think that would be a. This, again, it's all about atmosphere sometimes. So, so let me tell you something that really shocked me when I went to it. So I went to the John Jones UFC fight in Houston this past year. Back it was back in February, okay, before Corona hit, uh, started ruining all our lives. <laughs> um, but it was John Jones versus Dominic Reyes, and I'll tell you what I was shocked by. And if you you can go watch old fights on YouTube, and if you listen to it, you'll hear it. The arena is quiet during the fight. Yeah. Like, cause every, and it's not like they're not into it cause you are into it, but everyone's just like so on you're edge Yeah. Well, you're so on edge cause it's like this fight can end at any second. Yeah. Everyone's so on edge that you're just quiet. Then when the round ends is when you might like, or if like someone lands a big punch, everybody, like, oh, yeah. oh, like it gets, it gets like really intense in those moments, yeah. but it, it's like, so there's so, there's so much tension like during the fight. I was surprised by that when I went. That's probably how a lot of Tyson fights were in person too, is they were just you're basically waiting for this guy to and knock the dude out. You're waiting in the first for that round. first punch to yeah. land, and then you just start going crazy. Yeah. Because what would happen is like the fight would be happening, everyone's quiet, and then someone lands a punch or a kick, and the guy stumbles, and then that's when everybody starts going crazy because you know it's probably about to end. Yeah. But um, something I can't stand with the UFC fight with the audience is if they start booing the fighters. You know, like if they're it's going a little slow to your liking, and they start booing the fighters, it bothers me a lot because these guys busted their ass to get to that so, point. You know, and like if, if if it's not going the way you like it, then you climb in the octagon and so, you you, so, you prove differently. So on that note, this is all this, this, this has something to do with my biggest problem with social media. Yeah. So my biggest problem with social media, and this is probably be the last thing we talk about. <laughs> um, biggest problem with social media is that there is uh, it's filled with people doing and saying things that they would never do and say in real life. Absolutely. So like this weekend, the Fight Island, the main event was Kamaru Usman, the the welterweight champion of the world, Mm -hmm. versus a wildly popular fighter, Jorge Masvidal. And he's, you know, heavy hitter, like not the most technical striker in the world. He's a good striker, but he's very powerful. Has a lot of knockouts and very like exciting knockouts. Mm -hmm. Like one of them, he he landed a flying knee on a guy five seconds into a fight last year and KO'd him. And it was pretty insane. Um, but just, uh-huh. but it's like a very exciting fighter, and Usman has a wrestling background and is the be- probably the best grappler, well at least in that division for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's a champion for a reason. Uh, so what does Usman do when the fight starts? Just grapples him, takes him down, keeps him in the clinch, and it's not a particularly exciting fight. Sure. Um, and of course there's no crowd there, so no one's like booing them. But like on Twitter after the fight. 
I saw multiple people on my timeline call Usman a bitch. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, if you saw Kamaru Usman in the sh- yeah. like, I dare you to go up to Kamaru Usman and call him a bitch. And they've probably never been in a he, clinch either. Yeah, like, Usman, like, this is a guy who could literally... It's hard. Ki- like, he could kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, without trying to. Like, he could literally kill yeah. you. Um, like, so that that so that's my biggest problem with social media. Um, and like you said, like, it's like, they start booing him. Like, oh, you get in the octagon. Like, it takes stones you'll get into that octagon yeah like it is that is a and like, I, i'm not a fighter like i'm not a fighter right. at all man and we did some of the training in the army and stuff uh i'd get i'd get knocked out yeah off and on and it wasn't fun no it's no it's <laughs> not now, like, imagine you're going against the best yeah the best in the world you're going at, against guys that even think they're semi-pro and and sometimes they're reckless and that's yeah. the dangerous part too but guys who yeah just they're they're they know what they're doing, period. Yeah. And then you want to talk your mouth on social media. What I like is whenever someone catches that, like the athlete, and yeah. they clap back. I would have loved for – and Usman, like, has more class and, like, to do that. Yeah. But I would love for Usman to reply to, like, some of those people. Just be like, all right, meet me at this address. Yeah. Like, come come out the come, fight island, bro. Yeah, come come, then, come come tell me to my face, like exactly. And then, but then they'll melt right away and say, "Ah, oh, oh, just kidding." I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> but also, like every Us- time, like Usman was in the clinch, so you said you didn't watch the fight, but he was like in the clinch. Mm-hmm. But he's like, so w- the thing he did that he got it was funny. So he kept stepping on Masvidal's foot, like he would just like kept boom, boom, just kept stomping on his foot. Pain. Um. So, but it is just I don't know how painful it is because it's like you're in you your you're in your bare feet, but it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but the other the thing he did was he would just keep just up like hooks to the body up because yeah. like, he would get him in the clutch and just boom, just boom, out. right yeah. to the body and it takes away your gas tank. Yeah. And then like every time he like release the clinch, he'd always throw like an elbow or throw a punch. Like he'd like push away from it and then immediately like boom. That sucks boom. to be in that clinch, yeah. man. And and Usman like oh here I'll pull a picture of him right now. Like he is a scary looking dude. Like he I, is, got, I got I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this on this podcast, but. Uh, I got clinched down by a female that was like my weight, uh-huh. and she was good, and I I could not break that clinch, and it sucked. So here's Kamaru Usman. I was ready to pass out. Would you want to be in clinch with and that then guy? I, I wanted to get up and kick her in the ribs, but it was uh, would have been inappropriate. Nope. <laughs> nah, that so, dude's. And this is the guy who broke someone's jaw in a fight. <laughs> wow. So he's like, yeah, just a very powerful. I'll try to get into it more. I'll try to Dude, get in the UFC a little more. Man, it, so I don't next, know if I ever the love next pay per view is a month from like now. It. We'll watch it together. I invited you to watch pay per view at my house one time. We can watch. We you, can. You uh, stood me up. Well, I was worried about the corona. Oh, okay. Because you go to because <laughs> Gabe, what, Gabe goes the, to lots of weddings. Uh, I went to another He's like wedding. The wedding planner. A couple. Of, okay, He's I was a wedding attender. I'm a wedding attender. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was an open bar. Oh, I'd like to go to some, but um, everyone my age is either divorced and and angry, or they're happily married so, quote unquote so wedding season is pretty much over for me now yeah so russ can attest to this i've been going to weddings basically since january <laughs> um like i went to three in january someone's probably gonna attack you now on our, our podcast comments or something go for it you're I, the reason <laughs> you know what i'll tell them i don't care yeah. <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i wear a mask when i want to shut your mouth well i mean i wear a mask and i wear a ma- i wear a mask in public so that's um, gonna uh just we can round this out because yeah. we're hitting about an hour. But some, one of the interesting things that coming out of all this too with the leagues is the mask wearing, like in the bubble or whenever they play, things like that. I mean, are they? They're not going to be wearing masks when they play. Just, It'd be pretty no funny if like LeBron and Kawhi were wearing masks. It'll be hilarious, honestly. But it's just not going to happen, not gonna you know. Happen. So like, 
you're gonna be sweating. You're gonna be breathing on each other heavy, obviously. Every possible way that you can break every precaution. Every social distancing rule. So theoretically, like if it works out for the NBA and guys that stay in the bubble um, are all healthy, and and it proves to work, it might be a bad thing for society, man. <laughs> well, know? I think eventually they're gonna bubble us all up. I don't think Corona's gonna take over our world forever. I will say in the NFL, they start they try to do like these like celebration like oh, restrictions and like post game air restrictions. fives or whatever and and it's like um oh you can't do jersey swaps and it's like okay so you're gonna tell them you can hit and tackle each other grapple each and, other and gra- like grapple yeah. each other yeah do that for three hours but they can't exchange like you think but keeping them from exchanging jerseys yeah, or heavily. high-fiving or hugging each other after the game is going to keep them from getting corona it's get just, out of here so disingenuous all of stop it. they're just they're just trying to like save face make some rules what can we do to make this easier but i don't i don't know like when it comes to football it's either you're just gonna have to deal with it and well, people, the risk people are going to get it yeah, like, and you're going to have to deal happen. with it and the risk and move on, or you're just going to have to stay inside of a bubble, you know, at some point. I feel like Russell's going to put me inside of a bubble. He I'm might. Like, I'm like, so I become might, our bubble boy. I might have one more wedding to go to in September. We'll see. Depending where it's at, I might be your date. He'll be my plus one. I have <laughs> a permanent plus one to weddings. Man, it's too bad. It's my friend well, Travis, he's definitely listening to this. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm. A, so I, yeah, be, he was the person I shot. A long time. He, he was the person I shot my first gun you with shot this weekend. At him? Yeah, I shot like at Dick him. Dick Cheney style. <laughs> oh gosh, get out so, of my way, boy. <laughs> so yeah, for the audience, I shot a gun for the first time ever last weekend, which I think is rad. It's yeah, good. I it's, never I, like I just so my family like we don't not that they're anti-gun or anything like that, but they just like they're not outdoorsy. They're not gun crazy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think my dad I think owned like a gun for a, mm-hmm. like he owned a couple of pistols like for self-defense purposes. Yeah. Um. But like we never like went hunting or anything like that. Yeah. So I just not I was never like anti-gun or like afraid. I just was you know just never. It's just never there for just you. never yeah. did. And I I played like I was a, always a more of an indoors person. So I just never like got into it. Yeah. But my friend invited me. He was like, hey, on Saturday we're gonna go do this. Would you be up to come? I was like, absolutely. Yeah. So I I had a blast, man. It was a lot of fun. It is. It is. It, it's fun, especially when it's not done military style, like at a range. Yeah. It's a. It's night and day. Oh, this was in uh, one of his friends. Yeah, and you just go out back and yeah. just start shooting. It's it's pretty nice, but when you're doing it military style, it makes you miserable. And people are like, they just automatically assume you have a gun collection because you're in the military, and or you go out and shooting all the time. Right. It's like, no, no, I don't because bad taste, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a lot of friends who. Uh, <laughs> Who like who go shooting but don't they maybe they own like one gun right like you know and it's, well and you got to practice with it you do yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna learn how to aim well like you said like with a shotgun you guys did skeet you know it's 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 practice and that's yeah why so guys go out and practice yeah so we did skeet shooting I hit on my third attempt I hit one clean and I was like man maybe I'm a natural at this and I hit one the rest of the day <laughs> they sell targets at Walmart which is ironic oh yeah it's like, like it's pre- oh yeah but then they stop selling guns out, but they yeah but yeah. they still sell ammo and and targets and things like that yeah. so it's all weird it is it's a weird time man it's 2020 but uh the great thing about 2020 is the premiere of right on sports podcast we're right on sports podcast yeah. my love my growing love of the ufc growing may- love of the ufc may- yeah. maybe maybe I next we'll it. talk about my love of premier league soccer <laughs> maybe I probably won't watch that. I'll watch UFC, but I'll probably watch soccer. I watched a little bit of uh, MLS was on last night. I can't I get into MLS. 
So, okay, because the thing is, I can watch, like, the European League just have higher quality players. Yeah. So if I can f- see the high, the highest quality, I don't want to watch the lower quality. Maybe I need to try that. Maybe I need to try the compare and contrast method. So, of, you can, so like, even if you're not a soccer person, you can see, like, yeah. the difference. Because I'd like to see the difference. Yeah. Because otherwise, to me, watching soccer is, is just I mean, it's still, it's paint still, my face. You'll, you'll still think it's boring. I'll tell you. You'll still think it's boring. <laughs> I played it when I was a little kid, and it could be entertaining. Everybody in America I played FIFA. it when they were little kids. I have FIFA. <laughs> yeah. I am amazing yeah. at FIFA. I suck at FIFA. Anybody who listens to this podcast wants to challenge me in FIFA, I'm up for it. Yeah, and so, okay, we're going to end it right here. But before we do, let's just real quick say, uh, and we might do this. I don't know. We'll discuss it off air. But if we do our Madden League, yeah. that'll be cool. Yeah, so, we'll discuss it more off air. But, man, if you want to challenge me in FIFA, Leave a review with your PSN gamer tag, and I'll hit you up. I think yeah. that, I think that's it though. Jason's a world famous tr- Twitch streamer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gamer, um, barely, <laughs> barely. Yeah, check out Earth Dad Gaming on Twitch. Um, but really, if, if we get the Madden thing started or anything like that, or you guys want to comment on the Facebook page wherever you find the podcast. Yeah, Facebook at uh, Facebook Right on Sports. Search us up. Um, we're gonna start posting a lot more content on there. We're actually gonna do a little something right here after the show before we put the podcast up and leave a review. Subscribe. Uh, if you hate us, tell us how we can get better. If you love us, leave five stars. And yeah. thank you for listening. If you hate us, we'll ignore it anyway, and then we'll <laughs> dox you. We don't take criticism well here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that wraps up the show. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been the third episode of Right on Sports.